0: Gets open for three, Dagger! Hello, hello, hello. Welcome once again
1: to Well Beyond the Arc. I'm Manoli. And I'm Montana.
0: And as usual, we'll be talking NBA basketball with you folks for the next hour or so. Thank you for joining us. Glad you can be here with us. And if you haven't done so already... Uh, we've gotten on the same time and date for two weeks in a row, but you never know when you're going to find us these days. Hit that subscribe button in the bottom left-hand corner. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, please subscribe to the Yankee and the Brit Sports Network. We greatly appreciate that. Not only will you find this fine program, but you will also find some other awesome podcasts Uh talking about the NFL, UFC, and a whole bunch of other stuff, some good stuff on the A.K. and the Brit group. So make sure, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button. Montana, how you feeling, buddy?
1: I'm feeling great. It's a couple more weeks until Christmas break, and it can't come any sooner for this job because yeah. it's definitely starting to feel like it's time for a little bit of a break from some of these kids.
0: I, I bet. I can only imagine. Uh, here's a question that you won't hear on this podcast very often.
1: Who are you wearing today? Um, I'm wearing my Dennis Rodman Bulls jersey. It's one of the only jerseys that I have that's not a Lakers jersey. I have a couple, I have a Zion jersey, I have a couple different ones, but this is one of the only ones I wear regularly that's not a Lakers one. So, gotta show yeah. some respect because he's a legend.
0: Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. I mean, I. If I would have known better, I would have put, put a Lakers jersey on it that I own one. But that would have been a uh, nice little surprise for the fans today. Well, for everyone joining us, thank you again. Can't stress that enough. Thanks for joining us. You guys are as much of a show as a part of a show as we are. So make sure you put in those comments, ask questions. And we're waiting for the comment of the day. See if you can crack us up. But also feel free to, to chime in with any of your thoughts as we go along. So Montana, let's just get right to it. Uh, State of our squad. Your Lakers are looking pretty, pretty good these days. Uh, Back at, I think, 10 and 12 right now. So the floor is yours. How's the state of your Los Angeles Lakers looking these
1: days? It's a lot better than it was a couple episodes ago, that's for sure. I'll say that they're looking better as an entire unit. Now, a lot of that is highlighted by Anthony Davis. I mean, he's still remaining to put up. We were talked about this last week. Well, it's deja vu. He's remaining to put up these big, historic nights, and he's not slowing down. We haven't seen him slowing down. You know, we've seen him do his regular game. He falls maybe. He goes off the court, comes back. That's happened a couple of times. But for the most part, he's looking pretty good. LeBron's back, and he's looking great. And that LeBron and Anthony Davis duo is looking absolutely dangerous. So the team as a whole is looking a lot better, and we, we got some pretty pretty you know lakers oh there we go lakers still suck that might be it took five minutes it only took yeah it did not take too long at all it never does on this show but but no the lakers are looking good we've got a couple of big games this week we've got the Cavs and we've got the 76ers and so it's a really big chance for us to kind of string some big wins together against some solid eastern conference teams and then we also have the pistons and i don't remember who the other team we have is but i know we have four games this week and we should be able to at least win three of those and get our record even higher so i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty confident in this team and this is the first time i can really say that this season and of course we let go of matt ryan He you know, put up one shot for the team and everyone freaked out, but that's about all he did. So I'm not going to miss him too much, opened up a roster spot and there's some big trade buzz going around and we'll get to that in a little bit. So overall so much better than it was before. And I think it'll continue and we'll be well above 500 before all-star break.
0: Yeah. I mean, I got, I got a hand to your Lakers They're, They've come out, I think they won seven of the last nine, um, yeah, we'll get into the trade rumors and you know dive a little bit more into the Lakers. But Anthony Davis with a fifty-five point seventeen rebound game the other night—I mean, he's playing, and the Lakers need him to. And they're finally running the offense through him, like Darwin had said they would. So that's made all the difference in the world. As for my Bulls, I—I'm uh, on the want, want, want train.
1: Um, <laughs> <That's fast.
0: laughs> oh, Matt Ryan sucked this season. Well done, Smoke. Well, speaking of suck, that's what my bulls are doing right now. We're at uh, nine and 14 on the outside of the playoffs, not even in the plan um, outside of the plan looking. I think we're something like 12th in the East right now. This team drives me nuts. They absolutely drive me nuts. Watching them isn't even enjoyable these days. They, they beat the Celtics. They beat the Bucks, the Eastern conference, best teams. And then they turn around and get blown out by the Suns, who same Suns get beat by the Rockets and get blown out by the Warriors. But yeah, Ghost, they do need ball back. And I I don't know when we're going to get them back, but they do need them back soon. Um, They lose, they lose to the Kings in a lackluster effort. Only one guy showed up in that game. uh, And that was Zach Levine Uh, disastrous two and four road trip. Now we got trade rumors already going on, even though the bulls have announced that they'd signed Billy Donovan, head coach, Billy Donovan to a contract extension. The efforts actually there. I don't think they've quit. On Billy Donovan, but it's just uh, shots aren't falling. Their three point shooting is abysmal. Uh, their their defensive scheme, they they, the effort is there. They just look like they don't know what they're doing as far on the defensive end and on the offensive end. Yeah, too much ISO ball. They, they need that floor general. And Just like Smoke said, I mean, getting a guy like Lonzo Ball will will help them, but with no timetable for his return, it's just going to be ugly. You know, I said I've been saying every single episode since the, the season started they're going to hover around five hundred. They're a season five games under 500 right now in 9 and 14. I don't even know if we'll get to 500 anytime soon. So who knows? Maybe, maybe maybe we'll start tanking for Victor. Who knows? But it's not looking good for the Bulls right now. And you know these trade rumors I'm talking about, let's just get into them, Montana. There's, there's been some talk about your Los Angeles Lakers being open to trading with my Chicago Bulls. Um, rumors, Russell Westbrook and two Lakers first round picks would be headed to Chicago in exchange for DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic. Now, if I'm sitting in your spot, I know how you're feeling, but I want to hear it from the man himself. What do you make of these trade rumors?
1: Well, again, I mean, it's, it's just that they're just rumors. There's, there's a lot of things going towards the fact that it's very, a real situation that's being evaluated. But what I don't think, I don't know. Ideally, I think that that could be something that would absolutely build our, just our starting lineup. We'd have our starting lineup built up. And I think that's the biggest thing the Lakers don't have. We have a couple of stars, some role players, but I think our starting lineup itself just needs to be built up. And we don't have any players that can come off the bench and build that up for us. So I think we do need to evaluate that. And in that respect, I think it'd be great, but at the same time, I'm not fully wanting to give Westbrook up. I think that he has done a lot of good and i think that he's really found his position and found his spot that looks like it's going to work for him maybe long term so i i think it it definitely would be a big statement if we got those players and we would build our starting lineup up but i can also see it being Completely fine if we don't get that. There's another rumor, and I don't know what the what the trade is exactly, but there's a rumor with where we would give up none, and we would we would trade none in Beverly. I don't know that I don't know who that would be to, but I know that's a different option for another trade scenario. So I think regardless, the Lakers are making looking to make moves, but it's not 100 going to be the Bulls. But I do think that if if it works on both ends and they find the right you know, situation, I think they'll both pull the trigger because it does benefit everybody at the end of the day, but I kind of want to hold on to Westbrook. I never thought I'd be saying that, but a part of me just kind of wants to hold on to him because maybe we end up getting a different scenario later in the season or something, but I just think it fits right now and it's working. So I never thought I'd say that you're as shocked as I am.
0: Bum, 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 bum newsflash. Montana wants to keep Russell Westbrook of all people. Uh, Okay. Okay. Yes, I am shocked. But look, in all seriousness, I mean, as a Bulls fan, I, I hate this trade idea. Um, not that I think that we're going to go anywhere this season, but I mean, let's th- let's just objectively look at the trade. You have Russell Westbrook, who's on a, on a contract year. Bulls are struggling to be competitive. They need to pick a decision which way they're going to go. There's only two reasons, if you're the Bulls, that you pull this trade off if, as rumored. And again, this is just a trade rumor, even though the SPN Zach Lowe has confirmed it, that there's been discussions. I think there's been discussions on the Lakers side. I don't think there's been discussions with the Bulls. But if you're the Bulls, the only reason, you, two reasons you make this trade. One, you fully embrace a mini-rebuild in moving on from DeRozan and Vucevic, who's also Vucevic is on a uh, expiring contract. Demar DeRozan, who made the NBA All uh, All Second Team last year, had a career year, still putting up numbers, is on a we'll call it a friendly contract. A guy that should be that's playing at a max money level, making 28 mil a year, which 28 mil is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, if I'm the Lakers, of course I would I would take those two for Westbrook in a heartbeat. And those two first round picks that the Lakers are giving up are going to be late first round picks anyway you're the Bulls, you do this either because you're you're tanking and you're going to do like a mini rebuild or you're mentally incapacitated. I mean, there's no other reason why that you make this trade if you're the Bulls. Now, I do agree with you, Montana, that Lakers should be looking to make a move. I do think they got things rolling right now. They do have – Darvin Hams found something with Westbrook coming off the bench, LeBron being a secondary option and running the offense through Anthony Davis. That they've got figured out. But where they, I think they need to shore up their lineup is – one, they need to be deeper, but you do that by building up your bench and all these guards that these guys have, they got Pat Beverly, who's done next to nothing for your Lakers Kendrick Dunn Who's done next to nothing. Yeah, of course I'd want to trade those guys away too, but maybe you get a a guy like the bulls, Kobe white, who I don't necessarily want to give up, but he's a guard, three point shooter, instant offense, somebody that the Lakers can, can pick up. There's going to be vets around the league Like and we'll talk about those guys later on that they can pick up, you need to add talent. And the the Lakers is from a bench standpoint, don't have that. So that's where I think the Lakers need to make a move.
1: And, And I agree. And what I don't like, and I said this in my last episode of my Lakers podcast, which I'll plug later on, but, I think that the Lakers have actually been a pretty big, you know, people always make jokes and comments about the Knicks and all those, you know, free agent rumors and trade rumors. But the Lakers are the same type of team. There's all these fake trade scenarios or fake trade buzz, or Even if it's real, it doesn't go anywhere. We had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, all those, you know, it's just been going on and on. DeRozan, way back when. So it's just it is something where I don't look too deep into these trade rumors. And I think that the bulls are not going to give up those guys. I don't think I don't know yet. This, not yeah. Yet. Not yet. I just don't think that that is a scenario that's going to play out right now, but I do think the Lakers are making moves and the bulls are probably also going to be making moves as well going forward.
0: The way things are going, I hope so. But I, I like ghost was saying, they need ball back and um Yeah. I, I, sorry, Ghosts and Smoke, I'm getting you guys mixed up already. It's, it's, sorry, it's been a long day for me. Uh, well, let's uh, move on to what we really want to talk about today. We're focusing today on the bench. Who's got the best bench mob in the NBA? These are the guys that are unheralded. They don't get their names announced in the starting lineup. They come off the bench, spell the starters for minutes, and getting any opportunity they can. Some of them are instant offense. Some of them are specialists. Some of them are locked down, down guys like a Pat Beverly even though he hasn't been as much this season other than that one game against the Suns where he got thrown out. But that's a different story. So, Montana, let's just start throwing out some of the better who we think are the better benches in the league. And then we'll start. We'll rate our best uh, bench mobs.
1: Yeah, definitely. So one of the benches that I have that I honestly didn't expect this team to look as good as they are, but they're looking really solid is the Sacramento Kings. They are a pretty deep team. And the way that we know that they're a deep team is, you know, they have some decent players in their starting lineup, but they don't really have an all-star lineup for their starters. So you have to have a nice second unit and you have to have people that are ready to come up. And the Sacramento Kings are a deep enough team that they're currently fifth in the West. So it's not just that they have a deep team and they're winning some games. They're a deep team and they're fifth. And in a super, super competitive year so far. So I think that the Sacramento Kings, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, have a super solid and one of the more deeper benches that I didn't expect to be in the position it is at all. But that's one of the first one that comes, comes to mind for me. Um,
0: let's see. Uh, I'm going to go – We've been talking about how deep the Clippers are, even though the, half their guys are hurt and they just switch out who's hurt and who's playing every game. But you got to throw the Clippers out there. They they go if they're healthy, they go about 10 deep. You got John Wall, who's having a decent season, um, kind of I guess you can say comeback season. But he's been a, a, a pretty decent player. You got John Wall, Luke Kennard, Nick Batum, which surprisingly Nick Batum hasn't really been doing much this year. But he's a guy that's a three and D guy. Uh, The young kid, Terrence Mann, Salad, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, all those guys I just mentioned are either guards or wings that are coming off their bench. That's a pretty deep bench. And we haven't even talked about the starters, yet. but that's because we're talking about the bench. But anyway, plenty of these guys will get starters time because guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are in and out of the lineup all the time. So for me, I'm throwing the Clippers out there as one of the better benches.
1: And that's, yeah, the the problem with the Clippers is not that they don't have a deep team. It's that they just have too many injuries too frequently. But they are one of the deeper teams. And if they had that whole squad healthy, I think they'd be one of the top three teams in the West. I don't think it'd be any question that they'd be one of those top three, maybe even top two teams. So I think just injuries is what's the problem with them. Speaking of the team that is second in the West is the New Orleans Pelicans. And I think this is a team that has been building its both its starters and its bench up equally for the last few years. You know, that Anthony Davis trade, that whole situation, you know, the Lakers got a chip out of that. But I think what the, what the Pelicans got was good draft picks, and they built their future. And, yeah, the Lakers are – Maybe making a comeback, but when I think of a team that's been more successful since the Lakers won, it's the Pelicans. If you can believe I'm saying that, they just have had as much, if not a little bit more, success than the Lakers have. And now they're second in the West, and they've really built that team up. And you're not just seeing their starters go out and get, you know, have big nights. The bench is equally contributing, and that's that's why they're second. You know, those are the teams. Same with the Bucks in the. When we look at the East, that's another team that has a pretty solid. A pretty deep team. Oh, yeah. They have some injuries, you know, throughout, but they're a team that is deep no matter what. Even when they've had their injuries, the Bucks are second in the East for a reason, just like the New Orleans Pelicans are second in the West. They're second because they're such a deep team that even if their main guys are out, you already know that that second unit is going to come in clutch. So, yeah. you know, both the Bucks and the New Orleans Pelicans are, I would say, two of the deepest teams in the NBA currently.
0: I, I completely agree with you on the Bucks. I mean, is there a better big man coming off the bench than Bobby Portis right now? I mean, Bobby Portis has to be, has to be a front runner. I don't know if he's the front runner, but he has to be in the conversation. It's one of the top five, six men of the year this year already. I mean, he's, he's even stepped in in starters minutes uh, when uh, Brooke Lopez is out. I mean, he plays starters minutes and, you know, that was a big move for the Bucks re-signing him in the offseason. So, completely agree with you on the Bucks. Um, I'm going to throw out one that probably should get a little bit more love, and that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers, Chetty Osmond, Kevin Love, the, the vet, Kevin Love. Uh, Karis Lavert is coming off the bench for the, those guys now. Um, even though he started a little bit when Darius, Gar- Darius Garland was out with an injury, but Karis Lavert, the, the lottery pick, Isaac Okoro, and you got Robin Lopez sideshow Bob himself as a backup center because, Hey, the Cavs don't have enough seven footers. Let's just get sideshow Bob in there. So I think the Cavs are an underrated bench mob. Uh, I was writing the Celtics train in the off season. Unfortunately, Danilo Gallinari got hurt, but they still have a hell of a bench. Grant Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, Peyton Pritchard should be getting a little bit more playing time, but maybe it could be a little bit of a defensive liability. Robert Williams, um, that's still a pretty solid bench, if you ask me. So those are two other ones I want to throw out there.
1: And the Celtics are first in the East right now. So that's a team that despite, again, just like the Bucks, and are a team where despite when you have a couple of injuries, even if it's a solid bench player, solid role player, solid star, whoever it is, if you have a deep enough team, you can maintain your spot in your conference. And that's who the Celtics and the Bucs are. So that's a great one. One I want to throw out there that they've kind of been up and down, but the only reason they've been up at all is because they're a complete team, and that's the Utah Jazz. They're currently eighth in the West, but this is a team, just like with the Sacramento Kings, they don't have any set stars. You know, they've got Laurie and they've got Jordan Clarkson, but they don't have anyone that I would consider an NBA star. To, to what I would consider an NBA star, I don't think they have any that come to that caliber, but they have a complete team, and I think that's a team that, nobody really expected to do much at all. And they're not, you know, top of the conference like they were a couple episodes of this show back, but they're still up there and they're fighting. And the Western Conference is an absolute dogfight right now. I mean, the Lakers are are barely out of, you know, at least playing contention right now. And they were one of the worst teams a couple of weeks back. So it's anyone's game, but the Jazz are staying where they are because they have a, you know, specifically their second unit. I've actually been more impressed with the Jazz's second unit some nights than their first because it's kind of like even when one is off, the other is on. And so that is a team that is exciting to watch. And they have a lot of, you know, really solid young players that are really putting on a show. So, you know, you can't talk great about call. great things about them.
0: Great call. I mean, Malik Beasley coming off the bench can be a double digit score. Colin Sexton uh, coming off the bench. Now he's starting with Mike Connolly art, but with Mike Connolly's uh, mm-hmm. healthy, he's coming off the bench. Uh, great call with the Utah Jazz there. Uh, I don't know if I would put this as a good bench, but a disappointing bench for me is that of the Philadelphia 76ers. They got some guys on there. They're just not performing as, as well to the back of their basketball cards, at least most of them. Shake Milton and D'Anthony Melton are playing well. Uh, Montrez Harrell has been a little bit of a disappointment for me anyway. Uh, Matisse Theibel hasn't really been developing the offensive side of his game. And I think everybody's picked up on him, uh, his defensive talents and things of that nature. But he hasn't been playing as much this season as he had, as The 76ers have been relying on him the last two seasons. Daniel House, uh, that's one that's uh, a former Houston Rocket that Daryl Morey's trying to remake the Rockets a little bit there. Well, it was supposed to be a decent pickup. He's been on and off. And then George Nang, Corkmaz, uh, very inconsistent. I mean, that should be on paper, a pretty good bench, but to me, they're a disappointing bench.
1: And when I, yeah. And again, I say, when we think about disappointing benches, I would say arguably a a team it's an entire team, but it's also a bench specifically that has disappointed me, especially after how good they looked last season was the uh, golden state warriors. They've been a team that gave up a lot of those players that made up that great bench. And I just don't think that, you know, didn't completely give them up a lot. Again, free agency was a big factor, but I think they should have paid them more. I think they should have gotten those players back because that is what made that team great. And the warriors are on the rise again. You know, they're looking better. They're looking more like, I think people thought they would look from the get-go, but they're missing that bench that made them super solid. And super they're not, they're
0: not as deep right now. Not as that.
1: Deep that, as that
0: that's going to be a team. That's going to be looking to shore up their bench at the trade deadline, or, you know, the veteran buyouts, or even some veteran free agents that are still on the street. Maybe they can, they'll be signing those guys to shore up their bench because they're not getting what they want out of Wiseman. Um, Kaminga has been on and off. Same with Moses Moody. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo has been okay, but that's not the same bench as the Warriors had last year. And they, they know it. And and your boy, uh, GP Gary Payton, the second out in Portland, but Portland's got a decent bench too. Uh, not yeah, the greatest, yeah. but you know, with GP two And, um, oh gosh, the kid out of Kentucky, Shaden Sharp, uh, Josh Hart. I mean, they're, they're deep at the guard position. Uh, so that's not a bad bench either. So.
1: No, they are They just have that team is another team that has a lot of injury throughout. So a lot of those end up getting knocked up to that line that starting lineup. And then you don't have that second unit as complete because you're balancing between the two. So that's another team that's like with their with the Clippers. But if they have all their guys, that would absolutely be one of the top benches.
0: All right, let's see. Let's try to rate these. Let's give our top five benches. Uh, We just want to go rapid fire five down to five, both of us and then go all the way down to one.
1: Perfect. Yeah i'll let you start off okay okay so i've got for my five i'm going with the cleveland cavaliers
0: i got the exact same five i'm at number five cleveland cavaliers all right number four
1: for my number four i'm actually going with one i didn't even mention but i I have to put them on there is the indiana pacers
0: good call good call then Our, our boy benedict matherin and um Oh, the kid out of Gonzaga. I forgot his name. Nate, uh, he had the game winner over LeBron a couple games ago. I um, about that. <laughs> not, not a bad match. I mean, the Indiana Pacers have been a surprise all the way around this season. So great call with the Pacers. I actually have the Celtics right now at number four. Uh, if Danilo Gallinari was healthy, that you move those guys up. But I have the Celtics at four. Who's your number uh, three?
1: So I have the Celtics at my three spot. I think that the Celtics are by far, you know, again, even with those injuries, even with that situation, they're still a pretty deep team and they're showing that and where they're ranked at currently. So that's definitely a solid team that's deep all the way throughout.
0: All right. For now, my number three, give me a little bit more credit than I expected the Utah jazz um, for the reasons I had talked about earlier. They're just deep A couple injuries on the guard line in the starting lineup I'll be able to fill it in with uh THT, Colin Sexton, uh, Malik Beasley. I mean, they that's a heck of a bench that Utah has. So, they're a number 3 for me. How about number 2?
1: Sitting in my number 2 for the same reasons you just said. Can't really add too much to that because it's just one of the one of the deepest teams and even though they've been kind of a, you know, up and down team, the fact that they've been up at all is because of how deep that team is.
0: Uh we're at number two. I already lost track. Number two, right? Yeah. Number two, I have Jays, Milwaukee Bucks. A lot of that's Bobby Portis, but Pat Connaughton, uh, George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Joe Ingles isn't even back yet. He's bad. i uh, coming back from an ACL injury. And the funny thing is, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to pick up a piece to come off the bench at either the trade deadline or the, uh, the vet buyout market after that. I don't, I don't think the bucks are done picking up guys and I but I have them as a the second best bench of the league.
1: Oh yeah. And everything you s- just said and more is for me, I've got them at my number one spot. I think that they, they are the deepest team in the NBA and they're showing that because I think that this is a team that, I really think this team could go the distance at least through the Eastern Conference and make it right back to the championship, you know, right back to the finals where they were before. So I think that this team, if it can stay healthy and Again, like you said, they're more than likely not done, and just the fact that this team could get even deeper and even more complete is absolutely scary. Because I would argue that deeper the team, deeper teams go farther nowadays. It's not you know a a league made up of super teams; it's a couple of stars and a super deep team, and that's what gets you all the way there. So I think that's what we're seeing that Bucks do.
0: Well, and for my number one, uh, I said if they're healthy. This is the best bench mob of the league, and that's the Los Angeles Clippers. There's just too much talent on that roster, too many names on that roster to to count them out. But it comes with an asterisk because they got to be healthy. And half the time, their two stars aren't healthy, and they're forced in the starting lineup. But I guess that's why you build out a deep team, right? But Clippers, for me, top bench mob in the league. Well, the top internet game show, if you will, out there. NBA player or it's time. It is time for those that follow and have watched well or listened to well beyond the arc for weeks and weeks and weeks. You know how the game is played. But for those of you newcomers, we're going to explain how it is anyway. Every week I come up with some sort of category and I ask Montana whether or not five names that I give them, whether or not they are a current or former NBA player or someone from a different profession. And Montana's been on a roll lately. You um, didn't get a five for five last week, but he got a four out of five. And I think you're something like, I don't know, you're 80 some percent over the last four weeks. Not bad. So it, 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 it's the best streak you've been on. It includes two five for fives, back to back five for fives. It's it's yeah, we're going to Vegas. I'm taking you to you the roulette table. Let's go. But anyway, if one of the names I say, in my well, let me put it, let me try English again. If Montana gets the question correct, you will hear this sound. Victory. Thank you, Johnny Drama.
1: You're gonna hear and, that five times.
0: <laughs> and, and if for some reason a temporary moment of insanity happens and Montana gets one wrong, you will hear this sound. <laughs> zero time pretty, pretty pretty straightforward montana you're feeling pretty confident but i haven't even given you the category yet
1: i'm ready either way
0: you're ready either way well we, we were joking around last week i don't remember if it was during the podcast or afterwards where we're like man it, i don't know i think it came out of your mouth Where you like so I, I was predicting that you were gonna come up with the famous plumbers well sir i've come up with some famous plumbers for you this week's wow. category is NBA player or famous plumbers. But I will give you not hints, but a couple caveats with this. Mm-hmm. Your one hint is actually that the three or four or five, or more or more five, but the NBA players are all current NBA players. Okay. The famous plumbers were plumbers at one point but they're better known for something else in their careers by throwing you off enough.
1: I think, I think I got it now. Okay.
0: All right. Without further ado. And if I can't give you any more hints or throw out, make it more obvious, let's just get started. Let's do it. Name number one, Montana. Is this a name of an NBA player or a famous plumber? Can't believe I'm saying those words. The name is Walker. Walker. Kessler. Walker
1: Kessler. I'm going to go with NBA player. Victory!
0: It's a pretty good choice. They say you can't trust a guy with two first names. I don't know what you do with two last names, but Walker Kessler rookie seven footer out of Auburn with one of the best benches in the league, the Utah jazz averaging 5.8 points, 5.3 rebounds in 23 games so far. You're still on fire. Name number two. Is this the name of an NBA player or a famous plumber? The name is Michael Flatley.
1: Michael Flatley. I'm going to go with plumber. Victory!
0: Sounds like a plumber's name, doesn't it? Michael Flatley was a plumber who owned his own company called Dynasty Plumbing. What a name for a plumbing company. But hey, Dynasty Plumbing, his company. He's also known as the creator of Lord of the Dance. Thank you, Google. All right, name number three. Is this the name of an NBA player or famous plumber? The name is Ronnie Lane.
1: Ronnie Lane. Ooh, I'm going to go with. Plumber. Victory!
0: Three for three, and I think we're gonna have something special here tonight. Ronnie Lane is a famous plumber because he became even more famous as a musician, as an English guitarist and the founder of the band Slim Chance. For today, I never heard of him, so I don't know how famous the guy really is. But whatever, you got him right. Three for three. I see a five for five coming. Not to jinx it, but. Name number four. Is this the name of an NBA player or famous plumber? The name is Nick Richards. Nick Richards.
1: I'm going to go with plumber.
0: Victory! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was great, but not great. Okay. Nick Richards is an NBA player. Unfortunately, you got that one wrong. I, I guess I had the uh, Kevin Harlan announce, announcers Jinx. So I'll, I'll wear the L on that one. Nick Richards out of Kentucky, third year big with the Charlotte Hornets, averaging nine point six points and six point eight rebounds off the bench this season. I'm gonna get killed for Jinxing you. All right, three out of four. Let's let's edit strong. Name number five. Is this an NBA player or plumber? Lamar Stevens. Lamar Stevens. I'm NBA, what did you say?
1: NBA player. Victory!
0: Lamar Stevens, third year small forward with the Cleveland Cavaliers out of Penn State, averaging 7.4 points per game. He is now the Cleveland Cavaliers starting small forward. So for the second week in a row, you got four out of five. You're still 80-some percent over your last five. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's all I got. any Any thoughts before we move on?
1: Should have been a five for five, but you jinxed me. I did that on purpose, I can tell. You just didn't want me to get that five for 5 <laughs> just gotten too many in a row.
0: Uh, I, I will take the L on that one. Well, let's hold briefly for a word from the Yankee and the Brit.
1: What's up, everybody? It's your boy Jay from Yankee and the Brit telling you to come over and check out our shows, the Yankee and the Brit Sports Talk well beyond the arc the mark out podcast flagrant and foul real talk with jay and mma underground weekly at youtube backslash the yankee and the brit deuces
0: to be fair i really thought that you were gonna get the nick richards one i was very confident after you got ronnie lane you're gonna get five for five but
1: Close. it happens hey, four, four out of five the last two weeks isn't bad okay. well it brings
0: you to 96 out of 130 so it's still crazy good for as I'll you say, it. just guessing every week. All right, let's get into this week's good, bad, and ugly. I have an idea who your good's going to be in Montana, but let's let's hear it.
1: So yeah, I don't want to sound I don't want to sound too much like oh, this is my good. I don't want the Lakers to be my good all the time because that's not true. But Anthony Davis, it, how can he not be my good? He's putting up historic numbers, and this would be historic for whoever he was playing for. I would think this was great no matter who he was playing for, but the fact that he's in the purple and gold makes it just a little bit better. So I've got Anthony Davis because if he continues on this tear, we might seriously have to consider him in an MVP talk, you know, pretty soon. I don't have him in mind quite yet, but if he continues this level of play, I mean, that is MVP legendary style of play. So he's matching some of those greats. So he's my good by far.
0: How is Anthony Davis not the play here? I mean, especially after that 55.17 rebound game I talked about a few minutes ago, he's on a tear. I think he's averaging something like 35 points and 15 rebounds over his last 10 games. Something ridiculous, just like you said. He's the obvious good, but I'm going to go in a different direction just to bring up something different. I actually have a tie for my good, which we make up the rules, so we're not really breaking up the rules. A name I didn't think I was going to say. I got to give him credit. Kristaps Porzingis is actually playing pretty well for the Washington Wizards. Not to the level of Anthony Davis, obviously, but after a slow start, he's coming around. And most importantly, he's playing. He's on the court. and He's providing a spark for that Washington Wizards team. He's averaging 22-9, and had a 41-point game the other night, but it just looks different. He just seems different. And that, you know, he's not going to be that broken glass. And, you know, it's not forced through like it was a little bit in Dallas with him and Luca. He actually looks good. But my tie for my good is Christoph's Porzingis. And give credit to Jose Grand Theft Alvarado. He had a hell of a game off the bench for the New Orleans Pelicans the other night. Career high 38 points, I believe. And that dude's just been great story. Came out of nowhere. Went to school at Georgia Tech. No one even thought about this guy coming out of college. Busted his ass to get to the NBA, earned a spot on the Pelicans. He had a coming out party in last year's playoff game, and he's taken his offensive game up to the next level. Still coming off the bench, nine points per game, but up to three-point shooting to 30, I'm sorry, 40%. But that 38-point piece the other night, good for Jose Alvarado. Who is your bad?
1: Well, it's unfortunate I have to say this, but I've got the Bulls as my bad because I just think that they are – It's all right. It is what it is. They're just slipping farther and farther for what they should be because, you know, they had that decently – they had that really successful regular season last year. Didn't go very far in the playoffs for obvious reasons, but, you know, that still they they were looked at as a team that was like – there they were making it to where they were supposed to get to and they were going to get to the next level and i just they completely fell fall off you know they've fallen off injuries obviously are to blame different situations are to blame but honestly the fact that there is a rumor even if it's just a rumor that's not accurate at all and and not very realistic even just the rumor of giving up some of those key players that built that team to where it was that does not that's not a good look for them oh whoops my cat Jumping
0: we, on the we, we, we have our, uh, a guest on Well Beyond the Arc today. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't argue with any of that, but believe it or not, my bad isn't the Bulls. They'll come up in a minute. But my bad is the whole, I, I don't know if you heard about this, the situation with Trey Young and uh, Hawks coach Nate McMillan. Kind of an odd situation. Uh, Trey Young's been nursing a sore shoulder over the past couple of weeks, and he had told McMillan that he wanted to sit out, shoot around to get treatment on the shoulder. And I guess McMillan, they just had a difference of opinion. McMillan's like, well, if your shoulder's bothering you, sit out, and you're going to sit out, shoot around. We'll sit out the next game, heal up, and let's go. I guess Trey Young didn't like that idea. They chalked it up as a miscommunication, but it looked bad because Trey Young didn't even show up to the arena, let alone play in that game uh, with the Hawks. Now they've cleared. The, supposedly they've cleared the air. Um, Said it was a quote-unquote miscommunication, but not a good look for Trey Young, Nate McMillan, or the Atlanta Hawks there. How about your ugly?
1: So my ugly is just the injury bug seems to be going through the league as a whole. Obviously, you know, every season comes with injuries. We see some of our favorite players go down with injuries at any given moment. But obviously some players are more susceptible. But... It has been, I've noticed that there is, the injury bug is going around a lot. And, you know, we usually see it heavy at a certain point of each season. I I usually expect it towards the end of the season, middle to the end of the season. But we're seeing a lot of early season injuries. And it's putting some big names out, whether they're stars or role players. That's just a really bad look. And it's really taking some teams away from where they could be with those players on the court. So I've got the injury bug as my ugly, because it just seems like more and more players keep getting injured every single week.
0: That's a good call. And if it wasn't for the team whose shirt I'm wearing and the Jersey was wearing, I'd have them as my ugly too. But my ugly is my beloved Chicago bulls. They, They just, they've, they just haven't produced. They haven't gotten it done. As simple as that. You mentioned all the reasons why trade rumors already with two of their three best players. It's not looking good in Chicago right now, and they got to get it turned around quickly or else it's going to go South real quick. Um, they just suck right now. There, There's no <laughs> way to say it. They're just not getting it done. So my ugly this week, unfortunately for me is the Chicago bulls. Well, I can guarantee you in this next segment, we won't be talking about any of the bulls. Um, we're 25 games in the season, Montana, about 30% of the way through. I think it's about time we have a very, way too early MVP ladder, don't you? Let's oh, see, rank our top five uh, MVP candidates so far. I mean, it, we got a nice chunk going on. So there, it's been up and down, up and down as far as these names, at least because I, I listed it on my notes every week and it seems like they change every week. But I think now is a good time. So let's just go like we did for the best benches. Let's go five to one who you got as your fit number 5 on your MVP ranking right now
1: yeah so my number 5 spot is Nikola Jokic i think that he is he's still putting up those numbers that have kept him you know toward the top of mvp talk the last few seasons but it is starting to look like a little bit less. Some of that, I think, comes from having a player like Murray back and, and just maybe having some players that are contributing a little bit more. He doesn't have to put up as big of numbers himself every night. So that's good for the entire team as a whole. You know, Obviously, they were successful with that, but they're more successful when, the, when all the team is contributing more than just him. So I have him at my fifth spot, though, because he's still in the talk and he's still putting up big numbers. So my number five is Jokic for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and folks that are watching or listening, be sure to put in your picks in the comments here too. If you guys have somebody, I know someone, a certain someone that's on the show right now is going to be putting in Steph Curry in about five seconds, but everybody else, make sure you put in those MVP picks. For number five, I actually have Jokic. And good call on Jokic, and I think he's he got off to a little bit of a slow start uh, trying to readjust having Michael Porter Jr. and uh, Jamal Murray back. I actually have him at number six right now, but he's trending up. For number five right now, I actually have your boy, Anthony Davis. And how can't you have him in the top five right now after the Terry's been on? The Lakers were one of the worst teams in the league record-wise, and all of a sudden they're almost back to 500. So his arrow is pointing up too, but for number five for me, I got Anthony Davis. Who you got a four?
1: Great pick. Great pick. My number four is Devin Booker. He's especially on the offensive side. He's always been just... Someone that can put up huge numbers at any given night. Most nights you can bet he's putting 25 plus points up, and sometimes he'll have what was it, 96 points between two games, something like that. He had a crazy, crazy, crazy couple of games, and he's only heating up because I'm gonna be honest. I don't think we really saw the Devin Booker that that we know and love last year. I think he was kind of a shell of himself. I don't think we saw what we're seeing now. This is the Devin Booker that we saw a couple seasons ago, and the one that we thought would progress to the this point sooner I'm glad he's progressing to that point because I think he's a serious candidate and that's why he's my number four I think he's only going to continue to rise if he keeps getting this at this play style up like he is
0: great minds think alike I actually have Devin Booker my number four spot as well for a lot of the reasons you just said <laughs> there's smoke <I'm laughs> waiting for that King Steph at number one Steve Kerr. Hold on. Hold on. Can we put that back up there, Jay, before I go on? Thank you. Steve Kerr at number three. Steve Kerr, the coach, at number three. Klay Thompson at number two. And (laughs) it smokes words, the goat. King Steph at number one. Uh, It was even better comment than I thought it would be. Uh, So, yeah, number four, we both have Devin Booker. Uh, You talked about why, and you put it really, really well. I mean, the Suns are, I think, number one in the West right now, record-wise. And if they're not number one, they're number one or two. But... With Chris Paul out. Devin Booker has been not necessarily a one-man show, but he's definitely stepped up his game. He's had a 51-point game against my Bulls in three quarters. Uh, a couple 40-point games mixed in here lately, but he's been playing well. He's he's looked better than he did last season. Completely agree with you. How about number three? Who you so got? my
1: number three spot, I've got Jason Tatum. I think that he. I think we did a check-in, you know, really early, first or second or third week or something like that, and we talked about. You know, who we thought might have a chance at MVP. And I had, you know, Tatum up in that top three. So he's been in the top three. And I think he's remained kind of in that area play wise. I think he's absolutely in that talk. He is putting up big nights. And, you know, he's not caring because you've got Jalen Brown. You've got a really solid team. Like we said, one of the deepest in the NBA. But, He, Without him, they would not be having the success they are, especially on the offensive side of the ball. He is putting up big 30 plus point nights like it's nothing. I mean, he's stringing so many together back to back. He's doing things that is up there with Celtic legends like like Larry Bird. That's a Larry Bird type of spot line that he is putting up. So he is... He is putting well respect to those to those Celtics legends and he's really becoming one himself. So he's my number three and I wouldn't be shocked if he also, unfortunately, I hate saying that as a Lakers fan, but I wouldn't be shocked if he continues to rise.
0: Good call putting Tatum that high. I actually have Luka Doncic dropping to three right now and it's not because of his individual play. He's continued to be a one-man show for the Dallas Mavericks for the most part it's more so that the Dallas Mavericks are hovering too close to 500. Um, and there's a couple guys I just put above them just because I think they're playing better slightly and that their teams are doing better. So for me, it's Luka Doncic at number three, but barely. Well, you got that's, a two.
1: That's a good call. And he's also dropped for me. I had him at my number one before, but he has dropped to my number two. And a big reason is because of that team success. And just as a whole, I think, you know, we've seen players look like MVP caliber players on not great teams and not, you know, well-performing teams, but you don't usually see them winning the MVP. The MVP is usually won by the star that is on a solid unit that looks good record-wise and just individual wise. So, you know, you can't, you can't have one without the other in my personal opinion. So, you know, Luca is putting up great numbers, but it's definitely really tough, and you know he lost. Everyone was saying Luca needs help last year. Luca needs help this year. Luca yeah. had help last year. Luca needs help this year. So it's it's not looking great, but he's still in that number two spot because of his level of play and what he's doing on the court.
0: And we might touch on that in just a minute, but yeah, number two for me is Yannis uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, he's still. He's just a beast, man. <laughs> he's just, he's just a beast that the bucks are, are just, you know, if it wasn't for the Celtics, it'd be the bucks Eastern conference right now. The, the Celtics and bucks are one and two right now. I would love to see that as an Eastern conference finals matchup, but I did combo for me just falling out and just having a great season all the way around. Jay, he might be number one by the end of the year, but I have a number two right now. Um, and he's making his free throws lately. After Laddergate in uh, Philadelphia, he seems to be making a, I think he's got shot seventy-five percent from the free throw line, um, which I guess is, is news right now. But over his last few games, so now he's got Chris Middleton back. Uh, Drew Holiday still there. They got one of the one of the best benches in the league. Let's see if uh, Yanis can can take him to the promised land again. But he's my number two. So who do you got at number one, Montana?
1: Well, Jay is going to be happy because I've got Giannis at my number one spot. (laughs) You know, I think he is – he is—he is absolutely like I've said before. I've started to get more on board. I've never been not a fan of Giannis, but I'm getting more on board in the fact that he is starting to become that face of the NBA type of player. He is starting to become that—you know—that player that's top of the league, and he's keeping his position now. So he's absolutely—you can't—you can't say best in the NBA without mentioning Giannis. He's just up there with his play, and his team is also up there too. So you have the best of both worlds, and that's what I think you know, people are really looking at when they look at the MVP is you're individually having a great, you know, season, but your team is also having success around you. And I think we're seeing that with Giannis and the Bucks the most in the NBA.
0: And fun fact, today is Giannis Adetokounmpo's 28th birthday today. So happy birthday, Greek freak. Oh, I should have thought of that when I was doing my MVP rankings. Uh, for number one, for me, I have Jason Tatum of the, of the Boston Celtics. He's having a career year. He's improved his numbers and improved his play every single year. He's been in the league. He's above 30 points per game. You said it yourself about putting up Larry bird type numbers and maybe even better right now. Um, Celtics are the best team in the league. They're the best, have the best record in the league and in the Eastern conference. That's what puts me sl- having Jason Tatum slightly over Yanis. Right now, he's the best player on the best team having a career year for me that it's, it's gotta be Jason Tatum right now. So that's, that's what we got. So MVP ladder. We, I don't know if we'll be doing that every week, but we can bring it up every so often. I'm sure those names and the rankings are going to change as, as the season goes on. So very exciting stuff. Well, last piece we want to touch on, uh, before we sign out today is, uh, our boy Draymond green decided to drop another hot take recently. Uh most may agree with us, may, some may disagree, but he came out and said that it basically justified his, his cho- choice of LeBron James as the GOAT, but that's not the, the hot take. The hot take was his reasoning behind it of saying that Draymond Green had LeBron James as a GOAT because LeBron James beat the best team, the greatest team ever assembled, and that Michael Jordan never had to beat any of the best teams ever assembled. I know I got my thoughts on this, but Montana, I mean, this is, this could be a mini goat debate, but what are your, what are your thoughts on Draymond Green's comments there?
1: So first of all, we're going to get real, really quick with Draymond Green and LeBron because, you know, they used to have their little rivalry, whatever. They had the shirts that were made, the, this, the, that, the subliminal, you know, shots fired back and forth they're ridiculous, whatever. But, especially these last few years, even, you know, mostly publicly, they've been very much involved, you know, with different brands, doing different things, different podcasts, this and that. But Draymond Green wants to be a Laker. He wants to play with LeBron. He's making his pitch. He's trying to get LeBron to like him more so he can play on his team because that Warriors team was not the greatest team ever assembled. There could be a whole debate on that. But if you're looking at Warriors teams, When Kevin Durant came to the Warriors, that was a greater team than who LeBron beat. That was still unreal, unreal what LeBron did in the finals. And we may never see that again. I would not be shocked if we never see what LeBron did in the finals again, but the best team, at least the best Warriors team, I'm not going to say this is the best team of all time, because this could definitely, I, I don't think that this is the best team of all time, but it's up there for sure. But the best Warriors team ever assembled was the one that came on the same the next year when they lost and had Kevin Durant. That was unstoppable. Totally agree. Unstoppable. So without a doubt, Draymond Green is just trying to get on, you yes, know, boom. the plane to LA and trying to get this that LA spot secured or at least secure a spot with LeBron wherever he plays next. So that's all that is. I don't really agree with that take, and I don't think it's it holds much value at the end of the day.
0: He's also trying to get a bag from from the Lakers. Let's be honest. Um, and I'm sure the Lakers would be happy to have Draymond Green. Yeah. <sighs> Draymond, stop it. Stop it. I, I, I don't know what you're on, but I, I I don't have an issue with him calling LeBron the goat. That's not a irresponsible take. The 73 and nine Warriors were not the greatest team ever assembled. They had the greatest regular season record. And you're 100% correct, Montana. The, their teams the for the next two years that won championships over the Cavs with Kevin Durant those were much better teams and I, I, agree, I also agree that I don't know if those were the best teams ever but a death lineup of Clay Thompson Kevin Durant Steph Curry like talk about pick your poison wow I mean from an offensive standpoint has there been yeah you had the big three down in Miami you've had some other big threes but from an offensive shooting standpoint. Has there been anybody better than those three guys? No, I don't think so. And the 95-96 Bulls that won 72 games and had the regular season record for wins then had a saying going into the playoffs. 72-10 and 10 don't mean a thing without the ring. And the Warriors didn't get it done. They were 73-9 and nine and they didn't get the ring. If they would have won the championship at 73-9, it's really hard to argue that that could be the greatest team of all time. Best regular season record and they get a championship but they didn't get it done in the finals so uh, just right there i disagree with Draymond green now yes i'm partial i think the 96 bulls are the greatest team of all time maybe not the most talented i think the warriors teams are probably more talented than that but yeah i i totally disagree with jamon green here i think we're on the same page here
1: no, like you said, he's just trying to get that bag. He's just trying to go to LA. He's just trying to get, you know, uh, there as soon as possible because I think that Warriors team is going to start deteriorating, you know, not not deteriorating, but losing their success to where they were. So, I think he's trying to get out of there and I think Golden State might also be starting, you know, be a little bit done with Dream and Green as well. So, that's all it is. That's- he sees the writing on the wall. Yeah, that there's that- there's
0: not a there's not a bag for him in 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 Golden State, and he's gonna try to go get it somewhere else. So it's funny how you go from rivals in the finals and kicking somebody in the balls and getting suspended to all of a sudden wanting to be his best buddy and join his team, even though your team is much better. <laughs> anyway, not <that>, much <laughs> to say after that. Well, we're coming to a close here on our episode twenty-seven. Here at Well Beyond the I I can't believe we had twenty-seven episodes already, in Montana. But this isn't the only place you'll find us. We we do some other good work in some other places. So Montana, what else you got cooking?
1: Yeah, so I've got a show with my buddy Mark. It's called the Connor and Heffernan Show. You can find us on YouTube. We have three new episodes out that we've dropped within the last month and a half. We're planning on dropping one this next weekend, covering a lot of things, covering the, you know, Deion Sanders, Colorado hire, covering some NBA news, covering some hockey. Oh yeah, it's going to be big. We're going to cover that a lot. We're going to look at, you know, some college basketball stuff. So we just look at a lot of different sports things and there's a lot of different things to offer. So this next weekend, look for the Connor and Heffernan show on YouTube or Spotify. You can also find us on TikTok. I post a lot of daily, daily random sports highlights and things on that nature. And then I also have a Lakers podcast, all things Lakers, which it's finally getting fun to have that at first. It was so hard to talk about anything because it was just such a rough start to the season, but um, I just got episode four of purple and gold zone out yesterday. I cover more in depth on that Lakers bulls trade and a couple other possibilities. Look at some statements that Phil Jackson made about LeBron. And then I also touch on Anthony Davis for MVP. And if I think that could end up happening, so just dropped episode four of purple and gold zone yesterday, and you can find that on Spotify. All
0: right. Well, good stuff. Well, you can find my work at my sports blog. It's, uh, Blog website is the Sports Page blog. You can find it at the Sports Page blog.com. Number of blog articles posted, I think I got 60 some at this point in just a little over a year. Uh, just released one this morning talking about Dion Sanders, Coach Prime, heading over to the University of Colorado and why it may be time to take him seriously and why people should believe in him. Um, so, some interesting stuff there again, the Sports Page blog.com. Well, thanks again for joining us, everyone. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Yankee and the Brit sports group to find out when our next podcast will be. It could be next week at this time. It could be next Wednesday. It could be, I have no idea. We'll let you know, but that's where to find us. And until then, we'll see you. Have a good one.